Welcome to Old Walls House. It's your main man and host, Old Walls, and I'm back with you, back for episode number 10. We've reached our first milestone. We made it to double digits. Hopefully, it's the first of many milestones that we reach. Hopefully, we get to 50, 100, 200, and keep on going. So, thank you guys so much for for coming along and jumping on this train with me. I really appreciate everyone who listens. And as you know, we got to do some of that little housekeeping. So if you guys can, like, comment, subscribe, review, rate, share it with your friends and family. Pass the word around in any way you can, and I would greatly appreciate that. So we've got a great show coming up. Got a really fun show, I think. We have a a big discussion. Uh, Got a couple of special guests, Bucky Appley and Zach Place, to help me talk about college basketball and betting every game of the NCAA tournament. We got our man MJ with his 60 seconds with MJ is going to kick us off today. We've got some NFL news. We've got the Players Championship, it's a little fight news. We got a Flyers update and my passing thoughts as always. So this is going to be a really fun show. I'm really looking forward to it. And like I said, we're going to start right off with MJ. And then right from there, we're going to roll right into my discussion with Zach and Bucky. Let's have fun. All right, everybody. Call off work. Set up the vasectomies. Get your beer. You know, tell your wife, significant others, uh, that you're going to be busy. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It is tourney time, baby. This is old MJ on Old Wall's house with 60, 60 seconds with MJ. Uh, super excited for the tournament. I know Wally's going to be talking about it to you guys on the pod. Um, just a couple little things, a couple little tips that I think a big college basketball fan. Uh, number one, two, and three seeds are definitely pushing through at least the first games. Um, I don't see any issues there. Some underdogs um, that I think could go far, you know, those three, four, five, six seeds. I think Tennessee, UCLA, uh, Iowa, UConn, Wisconsin, some big underdogs, Vatek, Rutgers, Loyola, Chicago. Big time, big week. Can't wait. MJ gone. Okay, joining me now, we have a couple of just true degenerates here with me. Bucky Appley and Zach Place are here to help me break down our yearly quest to bet every single NCAA tournament game. Bucky and I have been doing this on and off for about three or four years now. And Zach is just one of the biggest degenerates I have ever met in my life. So we had to bring him along with us. So gentlemen, welcome to Old Wall's house. Thanks, Jordan. It's an honor and a privilege to be joining you here today. Thank you, Wally. Uh, I am just so grateful to be on Old Wall's house right now. It's going to be a great time. Awesome. Well, let's uh, let's waste no further time then, gentlemen. We got to start, and we're going to start with the first four games. In the first first four game that we will go to, quite a mouthful there, we have Texas A&M CC, which Zach informed me was Texas A&M Corpus Christi, not Texas A&M Country Club are matching up with Texas Southern in the Battle of the Texas Schools. Texas A&M Corpus Christi is getting three and a half points, and these two are playing for the honor to get blown the fuck out by Kansas. What do we like here, gentlemen? You got a, you got a coin? I, w- I would flip a coin and go with whatever it lands on. 
Do, do either of you know what town or city Texas Southern is located in? Not a clue. The southern portion of Texas. Yeah. I feel like it has to be a more exciting place than Corpus Christi, so I'm, I'm going to go Texas Southern. Okay, I'm we got. I'm gonna put out a disclaimer before we start all of this. I currently bet on all four games today, and I'm currently 0 and 4. So if you believe in the do gods, every one of my picks is gonna hit, and we're gonna have a good time. Or fade Texas the picks. Is Houston. Okay. All right, I'm gonna go with Corpus Christi just because that is just a, an incredible name, and I'm rolling with that. Texas A&M Corpus Christi plus three and a half. Zach, you're the tiebreaker. On what we're going with here. We're going to stick with the tie, and I'm going to take the under. That's not an option. You have to pick a team. <laughs> team. Corpus Christi, give them to me. All right. Corpus Christi is uh-huh. your first choice here. Moving to the next game, we have Indiana minus four against Wyoming. Zach, since you were so decisive the last time, why don't you lead us off here? I'm taking Indiana. I think. They are coming off hot. Um, they got absolutely boned by a, a banked-in three that should have never went in. <clears throat> They're playing hungry. They're going to roll Wyoming. Give me an alternate spread at five, six, seven. <laughs> alternate spread. Alternate uh, spread's also not really part of what we do here, but I love the hustle. Okay. All right. Jordan, I'm going to take Wyoming. Um, Wyoming has a, a great mascot. I really like their mascot. I think they're the Cowboys. They have good school colors. And when I think of Indiana, I think of Tom Crean, and I, I just don't like that guy. So we're going with Wyoming. You know, you really swayed me, and I looked up their mascot. They are the Cowboys, and they have a cowboy riding a bucking bronco over top of a basketball. So the Wyoming Cowboys, plus four, is going to be the pick coming out of us here. Oh. Now we go to Josh Bryant. Allen be in attendance there. What's that? Famous, oh. Will Josh Allen be in attendance? Famous alumni. Unlikely, but it's possible. Okay, we've got Wyoming plus four. We move on to Bryant and Wright State. It's another 16 versus 16 matchup. These guys get the winner of Arizona. Plus two is the spread. Bryant getting those two points. Let's just take the points here because I know I don't even know where these schools are located. So I'm going Bryant. We're just going to take the points. I'm taking Bryant. I got an ex-teammate that transferred from Bryant to Northeast School. We're going to stick with the home northeastern part of the country. Give me Bryant. Yeah, I'm in agreement here, boys. Wright State. I don't think that Wright is is actually a state, so I don't know how they get to be a state school, but I like Bryant. That's a valid point. How can they go around calling themselves right state? Like, I think we should have a house rule that if you're if you're a state school and you're not actually a state yourself, then it's uh, it's questionable at best, and we should probably bet against all those schools. I'm all in on that motion. All right, and the last one we have Rutgers and Notre Dame uh, not showing up on my spread, but Bucky, you said you had that. I'm showing Rutgers at minus half a point. Minus a half. 0.5. All right, you lead us off with this one. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and take Rutgers um, for, for no reason other than every time I think of Rutgers basketball, I think of our dear friend Matthew Wader, who is a huge supporter of that school. 
And uh, I just got to go with my guy, Waiter and Rutgers, on this one. I'm going to go Notre Dame. Myself, I just think of Rutgers as for almost the same reason, but I hate New Jersey so much that I cannot bring myself to root for Rutgers. So we're going to take Notre Dame on my side. I hate both teams, but Notre Dame is a dumpster fire right now coming into the tournament. Ice cold. Give me Rutgers. Rutgers plus the half, and that wraps up the first four. We're going to move on to the West region now, and to start that off, we're going to get right into it with one of the vaunted 12-5 matchups. Always a uh, 12-5 upset every year, so we're going to start out with this one that may be upset city. New Mexico State versus UConn. UConn is giving seven points. Zach, where are you, where are you starting, this, starting us off here? All right. New Mexico State's deep. Ten guys just won their conference title. Looking good, but UConn is scrappy. That Villanova-UConn game could have gone either way. Um, I'm going to take UConn, Dan Hurley, and the boys. Bucky. Book it. Book it. We're going with UConn. Make that three of us. I like Dan Hurley getting tossed out of the game because he was pumping the crowd up, so that's why we're taking UConn, everybody. That's the, the kind of analysis you're coming to look for here at Old Wall's house. Next, Georgia State, the 16 seed. Versus Gonzaga. Bucky, start us off. I think it's important to mention that Georgia State is getting 24 and a half points. I think Zach will know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Georgia State was mentioned in a Drake song, possibly. I don't know that one. And they have won a tournament game before. Georgia State plus 24 and a half. So I want to clarify, we're picking spreads. Yes. Okay. The spread has moved up. It is 25, and it's moving away from Georgia State. This is a team, a college that is a state, going back to our previous conversation. Uh, I will take Georgia State as well. 25 points in a tournament game is a lot. Looks like the pick coming out of here is going to be Georgia State. I'm going to post the dissenting stance, however, and say we should take UConn. But coming out, the official pick is going to be Georgia State. Well, Georgia State plays Gonzaga, not UConn. I'm sorry. I was reading the thing above me. Yes, I would say we should take Gonzaga. I think they're a good team, possibly the best in the country. So, But the uh, the group has spoken. We got Georgia State plus 24.5 or 25, however you see it. The Drake song is HYFR, by the way. Great Great song, and it does mention Georgia State. Just saying. I don't know if using Drake as a reason to pick a team is ever a good idea, but we just have, apparently. So we're going to get the hell away from that game and get over to Cal State Fullerton. Questionable, questionable state usage here in this team versus Duke. Duke will be giving them 17.5 points. Duke coming off the upset a loss in the ACC tournament. Coach K's last year. I think Duke handles Cal State Fullerton here. I'll take the Dukies and I'll lay the points. Zach. Give me Cal State Fullerton. Duke is trending the opposite way. Cal State Fullerton's got a bunch of seniors. Uh, They walked into this automatic bid. I think they cover. They keep it close. Duke plays zero defense. I'm going to roll with Zach on this one. Cal State Fullerton... 
way too many points. Just just way too many points. We got to take the points and take the Titans of Cal State Fullerton. How do we feel about Cal State Fullerton's usage of the word state in their name? Could could we qualify Cal as California? I mean, that's that's what it is, Zach. I mean, yeah. So yes. I, I, right, right. So California I, is a state, so I think we're still I'm sure we'll break the rule, but for now, we're following the rule. Or we're not breaking the rule. I don't know. Whatever it is. Let's move Wherever, on. whatever the rule was. Gotcha. All right. Next up, we got Vermont getting five and a half up against Arkansas. That's a 13-4 matchup. Bucky, start us off. Uh, I hate Vermont forever because of what they did to Syracuse <laughs> back in the day. I kind of like this Arkansas team. I think five and a half points. It's not enough, so I'm going to take Arkansas. Zach. Yeah. I'm with Bucky there. Five and a half is just too little. Vermont's that Cinderella story, but I don't think they keep it within five and a half. Once again, I was going to go uh, opposite you two. I was going to go Vermont. And like Bucky, strictly because of the game they upset Syracuse, a game that really kind of put Gus Johnson on the map when the kid from Vermont made the three, and he's screaming, From the parking lot! So I would have gone Vermont, but but the group uh, the group likes Arkansas minus five and a half. So we're gonna we're gonna run there. Next up, Montana State versus Texas Tech, fourteen to three matchup here. Montana State getting sixteen and a half points. Any thoughts, Zachary? Ah, uh, they got blown out by South Dakota State and Colorado. Uh, Give me Texas Tech. Want nothing to do with that three fourteen matchup. I'll be honest. I hate both teams um, for no reason at all. But I'll, I'll go with Zach and say Texas Tech. Why not? I tend to agree here. So we got a full sweep. Texas Tech laying the sixteen and a half, sixteen. We're gonna run with that. Next up, an eight nine matchup. A close one here. Memphis minus two against Boise. I'm going to start us off here. I like Memphis for one reason and one reason only. Penny Hardaway is the coach, and that will be my reasoning. Memphis, minus two. I'm with Wally. Penny Hardaway, best recruiting class, what, two years ago? Those kids are still there because they were atrocious as freshmen. Um, both of these teams, I will say, are very defensively sound. Take the under, but we're going to take Memphis spread. Unfortunately, I agree with you guys, which means this is a sure loser for the listeners out there, but Memphis it is. Okay, next we have Davidson versus Michigan State. This is a 10-7 matchup. Michigan State, the higher seed and the favorite, giving a point and a half. I like Michigan State. I like Tom Izzo come tournament time. The guy knows how to coach in the NCAA tournament. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ride Michigan State here. I'm with you. I'm riding as well. Tom Izzo. They started playing well. I thought they played really well against Purdue the other night. It's hard to defend a seven footer that can play basketball as well as he does for Purdue. So give me Michigan State as a little dark horse in this bracket. I'll I'll be honest with you guys. I think the Michigan State of being a dark horse days are over because everybody's been saying that for like twenty years. I like Davidson because Steph Curry went there, um, but I guess Michigan State's going to be the pick. 
All right, and the last uh, game in this bracket is Alabama versus the winner of Rutgers-Notre Dame. I like Alabama to win either of those games, I think. Give me a spread of, you know, sub five, and I think I'm going to take Alabama any given way. So not a whole lot to discuss there unless you gentlemen have anything more to add for the final game. I, I'm going opposite. If, if we chose Rutgers to win, I think Rutgers upset Alabama. I don't think the SEC is – they don't want it more. I don't think so. You know what? I'm I'm with Zach. I think the one thing about those Jersey kids that we know, Jordan, is that they have a little bit of swagger to them. Whether it's warranted or not is is a whole other argument. But we got to take Rutgers. Rutgers is, is our dark horse here. So just to recap, Zach never disagreed with anybody. He was on the agreeing side for all eight games. I disagreed four times, and Bucky had one disagreeing stance with the group. So that wraps up the West Division, West Bracket, whatever the hell you call it. Over now to the South Region, and yes, those are regions. I couldn't figure that out at the end of that last uh, region over there. So let's get it started. To start off, we have a 6-11 matchup. The Colorado State team will be matching up against the Fighting Wolverines from Michigan Bucky, why don't you start us off there and uh, let us know what you like in that matchup. So I'm, I'm a little conflicted here because I am not a big fan of Juwan Howard, but I am a fan of terrific Tom Brady who just announced that he's going to come back again next year. We all knew that time never had a chance against Tom. Uh, in the spirit of Tom Brady, we're gonna, I'm going to select Michigan. Zach, what do you think? I'm taking Colorado State. Big win by 14 over Creighton. Uh, they don't turn over the ball, make their free throws. I think they keep it close. They can win. I, too, like Colorado State. That line opened at three. It is now down to two. Michigan sucks. Juwan Howard sucks. Let's go, Colorado State. Okay, now, moving on, we're going to go to a 3-14 matchup. We have Tennessee, minus 16 and a half. Going up against Longwood. And actually, as I look at the live line, that line is now up to 17. So Tennessee minus 17 versus Longwood. I'll start us off here. I'm going to run with Tennessee. I don't know where Longwood is. Longwood is a hell of a name. They should get a bonus point for that. But bonus points will not count towards the spread in the long run, I don't believe. So I like Tennessee laying the points. Zach, what do you got for me? Bucky, can you hit me with a uh, location on Longwood? Longwood University is believed to be located in basically center of Virginia. Um, I don't know that there's even a town around it, but it's somewhere in Virginia. Hmm. Seems made up. I think Tennessee got robbed here with this three seed. I think they should have been easily a two. Um, Give me Tennessee lane 17. Let it, let it be known that Longwood University is actually located in Farmville, Virginia. Uh, the name Longwood speaks for itself. I think we've got some well-endowed players on that squad, and I would select Longwood. All right. Anybody, this... anybody played the game Farmville on Facebook? I have not. I've been request, given many requests over the years, but I never uh, went through and clicked on it. All right, we have Tennessee. 
And uh, Bucky with the dissenting voice. We move on to Chattanooga versus Illinois, a 314, a 13-4 matchup. Illinois will be giving eight and a half points. I do kind of like Illinois. I know uh, I had Coach Slanovic on a couple weeks ago, and he was hyping them up, and they did lose in the Big Ten. But uh, I do think I kind of like them. What do you think, Bucky? Uh, I will always fade the fanboy that is Coach Jeff Slanovic for that reason. Big fan of Chattanooga. I'm with Bucky. We always fade Slano. It's for entertainment purposes. Give me the fighting mocks of Chattanooga. You know, you guys have swung me. I don't know what I was thinking. Fuck Slano. We always bet against him. Let's go Chattanooga. Give me the eight and a half. Here we go. Nothing else to be said. Moving on. UAB plus eight going up against Houston. We got ourselves a 5-12 matchup. What do you think, Zach? So, Daddy, a.k.a. the worst Super Bowl better of all time, whispered in my ear last night for a little bit of a pick of the year. UAB minus three said it's a lock 50 unit max. So I owe them a little bit of dollars. They did win by 10. Got a little scared at the end. Houston had a great run last year. Um, give me UAB. Continue that success. Let's win some money. Bucky. I'm going to roll with Zach on that. When Daddy has a lock, it's usually wrong, as we know. But in this case, I think UAB is the way to go. Not a fan of that Houston program with Calvin Sampson. He's a shady character. UAB it is. I, too, like UAB. It should be noted, as Zach mentioned, Daddy Possibly the worst Super Bowl prop better of all time. He went 2-14 and 14 when he was a guest on the show. So we may have to question that he is behind this pick. But I do like UAB. I one time, as about like a 10-year-old, played some pickup basketball against a player at UAB. So always a soft spot in my heart for UAB. So I'm running with UAB. We move on to another game with Coach Lanovic infused into it. We have Delaware plus 16 and a half. Going up against Villanova. And I think uh, Eric and I are going to be on the same page here. I don't know what we're going to get out of Zach. He is uh, he does have some Villanova backings through his girlfriend. What uh, you gonna you gonna ride with us, Zach, or what's going on over there? I'm gonna ride a hundred percent Villanova to win the game. They're methodical, they make their free throws, they play slow, run down the shot clock, they don't cover. I think it's the Fighting Hens. Give me Delaware to cover that spread. If it is the Fighting Hens, I don't know. We should have ended this discussion already. But give me Delaware. Give me the points. Slano sucks. What do you got for me, Bucky? Joe Flacco, who is a winner, I believe graduated from Delaware. Um, always fade Slano. Delaware is the pick. Perfect. Next up, we got ourselves uh, pretty much a pick game here. We have Loyola Chicago giving one point to Ohio State. Bucky, what's uh, what's your thoughts here? Jordan, uh, Sister Jean supporting Loyola Chicago. We we love Sister Jean. We love Loyola Chicago. We absolutely hate Ohio State. I think we have to come with what we know and go with Loyola Chicago. Agreed, agreed. It is important sometimes to just come with what you know. It's a, it's a big recipe for success that we believe in here at OWH, so we're coming with what you know. Loyola Chicago, 
Give me that one point. We can throw it at Ohio State. They suck. Maybe they can use it to finish the rest of their stadium. Bunch of losers over there in Columbus. Go home. I'm assuming Zach is just going to jump right on the bandwagon with us. I'm out. I'm out. I'm coming with what I know. I hate Ohio State, but Sister Jean's time is up, metaphorically. We're not going <laughs> to go. She's not dying, guys. Relax. But uh, we're, we're, it's over. The, the magical story of Loyola Chicago's done. Uh, Ohio State's a sleeper. They just breed winners. The Big Ten, they're going to make a run. Let it be known that Zach Place killed Sister Jean on this show. I just want that that to be marked. We should write that down. Yes. Okay, next game. We have TCU getting two points versus Seton Hall. Hall ball. Zach, why don't you start us off here, Sister Jean Killer? <clears throat> I like Seton Hall. I think they shoot the ball really well. Um, Horn Frogs. I can't cheer for a Horn Frog. Give me Seton Hall. Bucky. Seton Hall's got that Jersey swag, Jordan. We like them a lot. Sounds like you guys are going to go with Seton Hall. I would be the dissenting voice there. I would have liked the Horned Frogs from Texas Christian. Everybody does it bigger in Texas. Would have liked rolling with that. And again, Seton Hall from New Jersey. New Jersey sucks. Sorry to my Jersey listeners. There's just better places in the world. You should try them out. Okay, so the group takes Seton Hall, though. And then the last matchup in the South region will be Arizona versus the winner of Wright, State, and Bryant. I think we made our, uh, our druthers known about how we feel about Wright, State in the first four portion. I can't see either of those teams hanging with Arizona. I think Arizona blows the doors off either of them. Anything to add from the peanut gallery? shooting guard his first name is Kerr but he wears it on the back of his jersey I like Arizona to know Kerr is injured and we need to see how that ankle is if he's healthy they cover against Bryant because Bryant will beat Rice State who's not actually a state and that wraps up the south region we now move on to the east region and we're going to start that region out with a little ACC Big 12 matchup, the number 11-seeded Virginia Tech Hokies versus the number 6-seeded Texas Longhorns. Virginia Tech will be getting one point. What do you like here after Virginia Tech seems to have played themselves into the tournament here, Zach? They're hot. It's hard to, it's hard to, get to go against a team that's as hot as Virginia Tech is right now coming into the tournament. Um, I'll, I'll take Virginia Tech here. Bucky. I'm going to disagree. Uh, I like the Longhorns. I like Texas. Hook them. I'm with Bucky. I think Virginia Tech is uh, their little miracle runs over. They uh, they used up everything, every bullet in the gun. So give me Texas Tech. As Bucky says, hook them. All righty. Next game, Yale, the number 14 seed versus the number three seed, Purdue. Purdue giving 16 and a half points. Before we turn this over to Bucky, just a note, last week with uh, on 60 Seconds with MJ, he was fading the Big Ten. So just keep that in mind here as we let Bucky lead us off. I'm going to roll with MJ on this. You know, one thing about Yale is that they have some smart kids on their team. 
And I think they're too smart to lose by more than 16 points in this game against Purdue. So I'm going with Yale. I'm taking Purdue. <laughs> uh, Zach Eady, uh, Ivy Williams. Purdue has a stacked team of talented guys. They're going to win by 25. Alternate pick if it's out there. Give me Purdue. Always a, a nice to hear of an alternate line from a true degenerate. That's how you know when you're dealing with someone who really is deep in the weeds. When they're going alternate lines, you know that fucking the regular action just isn't enough for them. That said, I'm rolling with the biggest degenerate I know. Purdue, they're just too good. Yale may be smart, but Purdue is just better at putting the ball through the hoop. So give me Purdue. In this next game, I'm just going to come out and say it. It's UNC and Marquette. We don't like that school Marquette over in Milwaukee here in this state. And uh, as you know, big UNC fan here. So I'm going to run with UNC. I think they've been playing better the last month or so here. Only lost, I think, three games since they lost to Duke back in February. Maybe it's only two. But I like UNC. I think they'll, uh, they'll at least win a game or two in this tournament. So give me UNC. UNC is a roller coaster of a season. Uh, five straight wins there to end the regular season with a marquee one against the, the uh, Blue Devils. Um, but Marquette can shoot the lights out, and they play fast. Uh, give me UNC as much as it pains me. I think they have a lot of upside here. Oof. You know, I was going to go with Marquette. Uh, I think Marquette plays in the Big East, possibly. Uh, I think the Big East is better than the ACC. I think the ACC is terrible this year. Uh, I like Marquette. Bucky with yet another dissenting opinion. Not many of those from Zach yet, but Bucky and I will uh, buck the trend here. We'll have to see if Zach uh, thinks for himself at all coming up down the stretch here. So we'll give him a chance to, to lead us off and kind of set the pace here with San Francisco versus Murray State. A 7-10 matchup. Murray State giving a point, getting a point and a half, rather. Give me Murray State. The Racers are on a 20-game winning streak. They shoot really well, and they have a huge win over our fighting mocks from Chattanooga. Give me Murray State giving a point, getting a point. Well, Zach probably will be the dissenting voice here, if I imagine right, because we did make a rule earlier that if you can't link your state to an actual state, that we have to bet against you. And I'm going to stay with that. Give me San Francisco. I don't know what state Murray's even in. Mr. Geography, Bucky Apley, will probably give us that as we turn it over to him. I have no idea what state Murray State is in. That is and was a rule. However... Murray State, to me, is an exception because they produce John Morant, who is a phenomenal NBA player. I think San Francisco is just an absolute shithole of a city, and I'm going with Murray State. I cannot argue with your logic there at all, so we're just going to lock in Murray State. <laughs> Rules are meant to be broken, and you're right. I can't, I can't go with a team from San Francisco. I mean... There's literal shit on all the roads. When you say shithole, you mean it. So give us Murray State. Give us the point and a half. Rules are meant to be broken. While you're hot, Bucky, what do you think about Baylor and Norfolk State? Baylor given 20 and a half. Well, for obvious reasons, we can't take Nor Norfolk State because, that, I mean, that's not even a real state. And I think, I think the real bet 
is whether or not Baylor will dunk the ball 20 times. If there's a line there, I would take the over. Baylor, laying 20, probably going to dunk it 20 times. Zach. I'm going opposite Norfolk State. Uh, very senior-heavy team. They keep it within 20. 19, maybe? It's within 20. I got to go Baylor. They got that kid with the mullet. I don't know how you bet against the mullet. They made a great run last year. I'm riding with Baylor. You can't break the rule two back-to-back picks either. Norfolk State, not a state. I do know that that's in Virginia at least, but we're riding with the mullet. At least Zach gets to stand out on his own for once in his life, but let's go Baylor. And Zach, we'll give you the honor of taking us to the 13-4 matchup, Akron and UCLA. UCLA had some COVID issues early, played really well, beat beat a good Villanova team early by nine. Um, what's that spread again? That is Akron getting 13. It's up to 14 going, now. 14? Going the opposite way. I'm going to catch it early. Give me uh, UCLA now before it moves anymore. All right, Bucky, what do you like? I, I actually love this UCLA team. To me, they're a Final Four team. I'm no expert, but I like UCLA. Okay. I had I didn't really have much at all here. I had kind of just jotted down Akron because they were getting 13, but I could be swayed on that very easily. So I'll just roll with you guys, and let's, let's go with UCLA and go into this one United. Okay, the next game here, we got Kentucky, the two seed, giving 17 points, matching up against the 15 seed, St. Peter's. Zach, what do you got for us? Give me Kentucky, more well-rounded against the Peacocks. Um, They have won seven straight, but I think Kentucky's just too much for them. Bucky, what do you got for us? Peacocks can be vicious animals. Um, but I think Coach Cal, his teams always play their best at the end of the year. I'm going to have to agree with Zach and take Kentucky. I, too, like Kentucky. I had a lot of trouble betting, putting money on a team called St. Peter's. Had I known they were the Peacocks, though, I may have had to think a little bit more. I'm a Peacock. you got to let me fly. But I like Kentucky. Coach Cal really amps up the uh, the payments towards the end of the year. Like Bucky says, he really gets the cash on the table, so those boys start performing. Give me Kentucky. We'll lay the 17. And then the last game in the region would be St. Mary's versus the winner of Wyoming and Indiana. We all liked Wyoming. Well, Bucky and I did. Zach did not. And I'm going to go out on a limb here and say the Cowboys, should they make it through the first four game, they're going to become a little bit of a Cinderella, and they're going to knock off St. Mary's and move on to the second round or round of 32, whatever they call it nowadays. Bucky, what do you think about that? I think the Cowboys will undoubtedly roll into the round of 32 here, so I'm with you on that one, Jordan. The Cowboys will not be rolling. Indiana will be rolling, and Indiana will roll St. Mary's. So we all think St. Mary's goes down. It's just a matter of, to who. Alrighty, that wraps up this region. Now we move on to the final region, the Midwest region. For all of us who live out here in the Midwest, like Zach and I, it's a wonderful time of year. The grass is dead. There's no leaves on the trees. 
any snow that's left is brown and everything is a swuck fucking swamp in your yard. So it's just a great time to be alive here in the Midwest. And to start that game, that uh, region off, we're going to go to a game with Creighton and San Diego State. It's probably much nicer in San Diego State than it is here in the Midwest. But that is a state without a state. What do you think, Zach? I'm going against the state without a state. Uh, I think Creighton plays extremely well defense. As you saw last night in the Villanova game, it was painstaking to watch those two offenses try to score against each other. Um, Give me Creighton. I agree with you, Zach. I like Creighton against San Diego State. I do know they're in California, but California not listed in the name there. We got to go with Creighton. I'll also take those two and a half points in an 8-9 matchup. I like that, too. Bucky. Creighton always plays good basketball in March. Uh, I think San Diego State does as well, so this will probably be a good game, but I like Creighton, too. Let's take the points and take Creighton. Okay, Bucky, while you're hot, talk to us about the number 12 seed, Richmond, going against the number 5 seed, Iowa, who is giving nine points. This is a tough one to pick. Um, anyone who watched Coach Carter loves Richmond. But I think this Iowa team is really good, so I'm going to take Iowa. Zach, I'm, what do you I'm got? A, I'm a sheep here. I'm a follower. Uh, I got a lot of freaking Iowa friends up here in Minneapolis. I hate them. Uh, I bought my first house and Iowa beat Penn State by four touchdowns, I believe, and they stood in the four corners of my house on the first weekend I owned it and screamed the I-O-W-A chant, and it's just, I have to cheer for them. It sucks, but, yeah, they're going to run Richmond. Yeah, Iowa sucks. Don't know why you live in that state either, but they are the much better basketball team here. I think they win uh, going away, so I'm in agreement. Iowa Laying the nine. Next up, we have South Dakota State and Providence. This is the 13-4 matchup. And I'm going to start us off here. I love South Dakota State. The Jackrabbits, what a great mascot name. Brookings is a great place. Underrated town in South Dakota. Doesn't get much love. So give me South Dakota State only getting two in this 13-4 matchup. I think there's a, a lot to be said about that right there. So I'm riding with the Jackrabbits. I'm going to be crucified. Uh, my boss's boss was a jackrabbit, played linebacker with Adam Vinatieri. Uh, but they can't hang with Providence. They don't play defense. Providence is going to beat them inside. They're going to win by 10 or 12. Looks like Bucky's going to be the tiebreaker. This is a lot of pressure here. Um, I don't know a thing about South Dakota State. I know that Providence won the Big East regular season. I have no idea why this spread is only two points. It seems very fishy to me. Um, I still have not decided which team I'm going to pick, which is why I'm stalling. And I think I'm just going to take South Dakota State. Let's do it. All right, we go with South Dakota State. And Zach, in the last six picks, has stood on his own three times. So look out, folks. He's out there. And because of that, we're going to give him the honor to lead us off with Auburn and Jacksonville State. Hmm. Jacksonville State, Auburn. What's that spread? That is 16. Auburn giving 16. I I think Auburn is going to lose in the second round 
to USC, but they're going to get by Jacksonville State. But, as Dickie B would say, or Corso, any of them, the older times with my hand up, Jacksonville State covers. Bucky, do you have anything to add to his mixing up of Dickie V and Lee Corso? Two people not very similar in any sense of the imagination other than they're old white people. That's all they have in common is that they are old. That's what I was going to say too, Jordan. Um, Jacksonville State, not a state. Auburn has a coach who will sweat through his shirt probably before the first TV timeout. Um, I, I'm... You know what? Let's take Auburn. Why not? I, too, like Auburn. Isn't Jacksonville State where uh, Deion Sanders is the football coach now? Nah, Jackson State. Good old Jackson, oh, Mississippi. Okay. I was about to switch my pick if that was if Okay. That was too many too many teams that have a state attached to a name that's in the state. Uh, because of that, and like Buggy said, we got uh, Auburn's coach is going to go through maybe two to three shirts in that game. So I like Auburn. Really putting in the sweat equity, if you will. Let's let uh, let's let Bucky lead us off on the next game. We got Colgate, the 14 seed, getting seven, going up against the Wisconsin Badgers, the three seed. You know, I always love a Patriot League squad. Um, in this case, I think Wisconsin could probably also fit into the Patriot League with the amount of white boys that they usually put on the court. However, I think Wisconsin is probably much better than Colgate, so I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Johnny Davis, uh, seven and a half is not enough. I think he comes back healthy. I think Wisconsin makes a deep run. I do think that Johnny Davis is one of the best players in the league, but this is just a game, and I've watched enough Wisconsin basketball over the last four or five years. They'll leave Colgate in it. I think they win, but they don't cover. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go against the uh, the crowd here and say Colgate covers but loses, which takes us over to a a ten uh, seven matchup Miami versus USC. This would have been a hell of a football game in the early two thousands, maybe in the uh, early nineties as well. But now it's just a middling ten seven game in the NCAA tournament for basketball. Zach, lead us off. USC given one and a half here. Um, I think they play really good defense. Miami's coming off a, a big win. I don't know. I give me USC. Bucky, what do you got for us? I cannot name one player on either team, so I'll just start with that. Um, both great places to be, though weather wise, much better than the Midwest. So those kids are definitely not happy about being out in the Midwest, even if it's for a weekend right now in March. Uh, Miami probably stinks because they're in the ACC. And I think the Pac-12 is much better than the ACC. So I I like USC. I had no thoughts here at all, really. Like, Like you said, Bucky, I don't know anybody on either of these teams. I think Jim Laranega coaches Miami now. I might be right about that. And I was leaning just going with the U just because it's the U. No other reason, but not going to put up too much of a fight. I will uh, make note that I had the dissenting opinion to go with the U here, but again, total toss-up, know nothing about any of them. So that brings us to our next game. Iowa State, the 11 seed, getting four 
against LSU, the sixth seed. If I'm not mistaken, LSU just fired their coach, and they happened to send a certain assistant packing along with it, and all I got to say is good fucking riddance to you. So Iowa State plus four, let's go. Yeah, you could just book that one as far as I go, Jordan, for the same reasons. Zach, you don't even get a choice in this one. You're on Iowa State plus four. Deal with it. We're rooting against – actually, I'm actually half tempted to say we should root for LSU now that I'm thinking about it because they kicked those people to the curb. But we're sticking with Iowa State. Zach, because I I just throttled you there and took you out, I will let you talk to us about Kansas and Texas A&M CC or Kansas and Texas Southern. It's going to be Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, getting bulldozed by Kansas. Kansas is going to shoot the lights out. Uh, there's just nothing there. They're going to go pack back to the country club. Give me Kansas. Bucky. I'm going, to, I'm going to roll with the other side on this one. I think that the public loves Kansas. Everyone knows Kansas. No one knows Texas A&M, CC, or Texas Southern. The spread's going to be huge. Kansas is going to sleepwalk into the game. Those kids will probably be out doing God knows what the night before. And I like the underdog. Both of you make valid arguments. I was leaning towards Kansas. If this is anything sub-25, I think you take Kansas. If it gets up over 25, I think Bucky you make a good argument. But I'd lean Kansas in this matchup. I think Kansas is going to make a run. So I like Kansas in that one. And Bucky, the lone opinion there. So that wraps up all the thing, all the uh, regions. So before I let you guys go, one pick, no explanation needed. You can give it if you want, but one pick to win it all. Zach, start with you. My one pick to win it all is Villanova. Senior heavy. They can defend. They can shoot. They make their free throws. Um, How do you feel about hitching your wagon to to Coach Slanovic's team? I mean, how many wagons does the guy have? A lot. A lot. He's got a a wagon. So so he can be on a different wagon. I'll hitch and take this wagon. This is like one of his main wagons, though, like – I know his his I see his girl at a wedding or whatever with the Villanova flag and, and it's true love. I get it, but I I really like this Villanova team. Okay, fair enough. Bucky, what do you got? I feel like uh Zach in the time that I've known him, uh he's he's done many things to disappoint me, but never never been more disappointed <laughs> than I am right now in that decision that he just made to to publicly support our friend Jeff Slanovic. Um, my team is going to be UCLA. Uh, I don't know why. I think they're good. They might not be good. I like UCLA, and they're going to win it all. And my team to win it all, I'm going to go with the Baylor no. Bears. They got the man with the <laughs> mullet, and we're just going to run with that. So... Thank you very much, Zach and Bucky. I appreciate your guys' uh, coming on here and chatting with me. And uh, we'll talk to you sometime soon down the road. So we had some NFL news this week. Obviously, we're just going to start right where we have to start. The GOAT's back. Tom Brady, two months. 
uh-uh, he's back. Here I come. Retirement's not for me. Bring it on back. Tom Brady coming back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can't say I'm that surprised. I was a little shocked that he retired when he did. I, I think I mentioned that I wouldn't be surprised to see him come back. I am shocked it happened so fast. I thought, if anything, we'd see it come closer to the year that he, he'd get he'd really get the itch closer to, you know, the fall. But, you know, I, I was uh, I was talking to, uh, you know, Bucky Appley, we just were speaking with, and he mentioned, he's like, hey, maybe he, this was when he starts his offseason program, and he was looking around thinking, what the hell do I do with myself? So the GOAT's back, Tom Brady. He keeps going. I uh, This makes more sense to me than him retiring. So just a little note. There was... Uh, a gentleman who just Saturday night, I believe, bought his last touchdown, and I'm doing, you know, finger quotes here, his last touchdown ball for $518,000. And the next day, Tom Brady comes out of retirement. I don't think there's refunds available when you kind of auction off something like that. So, man, does that guy's life suck. Maybe he can turn it into like, oh, this was his last ball, and, you know, he came back, and da-da-da-da. But, man, that's uh, that's an unlucky break there, and I I love it. There's the suicide meme of the dude who's, like, fakes jumping off the, the balcony and then laughs, and then fakes jumping off the balcony and then laughs, and then he goes and he's drinking the Clorox. and like, ah, no, ah, and he drinks it again. My that's, That meme was, like, right underneath it, so that was great, so... Just to recap, I don't know if you heard me say it, but Tom Brady is back. And in the words of, again, I'm stealing a lot from Bucky Appley here this episode. In the words of Bucky Appley, time never had a chance. Tom versus time continues into one more NFL season. So elsewhere around the league, Roger signed his new deal. Well, maybe he hasn't signed his new deal. He's coming back to the Packers. There's rumors floating around that it's four years, $200 million, 153 of which is guaranteed. But he last I saw, he claims he hasn't signed anything and said the news of the reports was, you know, unfounded. But all reports are four years, 200 mil, 153 guaranteed. So we'll see if there's anything else like that. Devontae Adams has been franchise tagged by the Packers. He's come out and said he won't play under the tag and wants an actual contract, or he's just not going to play. So that is very, very interesting. Packers have re-signed Preston Smith. He got a pretty good deal, and they expect Razul Douglas to be brought back. They've also released Zadarius Smith and Billy Turner. So it seems that they're they're kind of parting ways with people who've had any sort of injury questions the last couple of years. Zadarius missed most of the year. Billy Turner got hurt kind of late, so they've uh, they've let them go. Again, they've had to do a lot of kind of salary cap wizardry to get themselves in a position where they can have a team under the cap with the right kind of players around. So they've also said that Devondre Campbell is going to be a priority. And with Zadarius Smith gone, I would imagine that's going to be pretty much the number one priority for what's left of that defense there. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of magic the, the Packers can pull with getting Adams 
figured out, I guess they said they'd made an offer that would make him the highest paid quarterback, but he wants a little more length to the contract is what I believe I've read. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Elsewhere, outside of Green Bay, Wisconsin, there were a couple big trades this past week. Uh, The week started with Russell Wilson getting traded to the Broncos, and they got quite the haul in return. They got Drew Locke, the quarterback, so it might be a stand-in year for Drew Locke out in Seattle. Tight end Noah Fant, defensive lineman Shelby Harris, two first-rounders, two second-rounders, and one fifth-rounder, so... Quite the haul for the Seahawks back for Russell Wilson heading over to the Broncos. You have to think the Broncos are going to be in win-now mode. The AFC is loaded now, just loaded with quarterbacks. So that's going to be quite the uh, quite the side of the league to, to see what happens over there. Uh, the next day, Carson Wentz was traded to the Commanders. He went for one second and one third. The third is a conditional pick. It can become a second rounder. I think Carson Wentz plays over 70% of his snaps. So interesting to see what's happened to Carson Wentz's career here. You thought after that year in Philly, he won the MVP. They end up winning the Super Bowl without him. You you still thought he was going to come back and be a top-level quarterback. Gets to Indianapolis with his former coordinator, and that doesn't work, and they trade him away. So we'll uh, we'll see what happens to him in, in Washington with the Commanders, yes, the Washington Commanders. And then Thursday, Khalil Mack was traded to the Chargers. The Bears, the Bears dumping him, you know, they traded for Khalil Mack. I think that was back in 2018. They gave up two first rounders for him at the time to trade him to the Raiders. At the time, I believe John Gruden was really lampooned for that trade. And just, you know, four years later, they are trading him to the Chargers. He goes for one second rounder and one sixth rounder. So not quite what they gave up to get him and not much in return. They had one good year there. That first year he was in town and that defense was awesome, but weren't able to parlay it into anything. And Amari Cooper was traded to the Browns. I guess that opens up a lot of cap room for the Cowboys. So Cooper for a first, or sorry, for one fifth rounder. And then they swapped sixth-round picks, so not much there. There was a couple reports I did see. I don't know if there was any, you know, if anything was proven to be true, but Cooper was was bitching about uh, Dak pretty good this year was with some of the reports. So, again, I don't know if that's got any validity to it, but that was kind of circling around. And finally, on the broadcasting side, Joe Buck is going to be joining his longtime partner, Troy Aikman, heading to ESPN. He gets a five-year, $60 million offer from ESPN, and I believe he's going straight over. I'm not sure if they're finishing out a Fox year or not. Don't quote me on anything, but five years, $60 million. So the Fox's, uh, the Fox broadcast team is heading over to ESPN. ESPN's got their Monday night football team that they've been looking for and, and a, a broadcast team to lead them into when they're going to host the Super Bowl. He's also going to do some uh, producing for content for ESPN Plus. So, it'd be very interesting to see uh, what what the revolving doors all look like in the the broadcasting side. It looks like CBS and ESPN are locked down. I know Amazon's talked about trying to get Al Michaels, so I think we got Amazon, NBC, and Fox out there to see if uh, see what's going on there. So, that's what we got from the NFL. I'm sure there'll be more and more as free agency and everything else officially opens up this week so be looking forward to keeping our eyes on that let me 
tell you now about some travel woes that I've had. And I need to start this by saying I went through a stretch of like five years where I had perfect travel. Never delayed, no cancellations, made all my connections, and man, am I starting to get it on the flip side of that. I talked a couple weeks ago about going to Dodge City and having to rebook there. That was nothing compared to what I had this past week. So I had to travel for work. So I I set up my flights and my return flights on Thursday to leave at 6 a.m. I'm back in Wisconsin at 9 a.m. I'm going to be home before 10 a.m. I'm eating lunch at my own house. I'm getting a full day's work in. Boy, 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 did none of that happen. Starts off. I get up at 3 a.m. to get ready for the flight. Like I said, 6 a.m. flight. Got to drive about 45 minutes to an hour to the airport. So get up at 3, get ready. And uh, first thing I do, you know, check the phone. Is the flight on time? Oh, nope. Flight has been delayed till 11. Just straight away delayed the flight right till 11. Five-hour delay right out of the gate. So I was like, well, okay. Well, I had a flight. Like I said, I had a connecting flight at like 8. I was supposed to land in Detroit at like 7.15. I connect at like 8.30. Time change home back at 9. So... They're like, oh, nope, here you go. Here's the option. You can rebook on a flight at 4. So I would land in Detroit at like noon and leave at 4. I was like, okay, not the worst thing in the world. Let's go in, grab some lunch, watch some college basketball on TV, catch up on a little work, answer some emails, and no big deal. I'll still be home for dinner. So we get to Detroit, barely off the plane, sit down, grab some lunch, and my phone's already buzzing. Flight's delayed till 6.30. So now we're pushed out another two and a half hours. I'm thinking, okay, they delayed it out two and a half hours. It's better than the usual, let's move it an hour, let's move it an hour, that kind of bullshit. So I sit there, I have some lunch. I said, you know, I'm going to enjoy some beverages now if I'm going to be stuck here for six hours. So after all that, I'm on, if you've ever been to Detroit Airport, there's the big side and the little side. I'm over on the big side because that's where all the good food is and stuff. And I'm like, if I'm going to be here for six and a half hours, I'm going to get some good food, have a good bar where I can watch some basketball. So 6.30's coming. Actually, the flight had gotten delayed back to 7 at one point. So I'm getting over there about, you know, 10, 15 minutes ahead of boarding. I get, you know, down through the tunnel and it's like gate C21. It's all the way at one side. As I'm getting there, my phone buzzes again. Notification. Flight now leaves half an hour earlier. You are boarding right now, and it is at B1, like or B21, like the complete opposite side, at least of the small side. So I spin around. I double time down there. Nothing's happening. Nobody's boarding. Nothing's going on. I'm like, okay, well, this is dumb. So I sit down, and, you know, it's 630, so obviously we're delayed, and nobody's, like, updated me. They finally push it back to 7.30, and the rumor mill, like, you know, you hear people going around, talking, what's happening, and there's these other, like, uh, pilots and stuff, well, they're not eligible to fly this plane, and they're just catching a ride, and there's no actual crew to fly the plane, so then we get delayed to 8.30, and at that point, the gate agent starts handing out bags of chips, I'm like, oh, this is not good, this is a bad sign. They don't hand out bags of chips if you're going to get on the plane, was my first thought. And then they changed the gate. So at this point, I said, you know what? Something bad's happening, and I don't think we're going anywhere at 8.30 either. And at this point, now I've got like two hours. So I'm like, I'm going back. I'm sitting down at Chili's. There's a Chili's there. I'm going to have a couple beers and watch some basketball again. So as I'm sitting there, flight gets delayed till 9.30. They quick move it up to 9.16. 
back to 950. And right about 8 o'clock, as they've moved all the stuff around, they sent me a meal voucher. Which, by the way, didn't even work. I tried to turn it in. They're like, can't be used for booze. And then when I turned it in, they're like, this has already been scanned. So that was bullshit on top of all this. So that meal voucher comes at 8. At that point, I think the flight's at like 9.50. And as I'm sitting there, this was just a great moment. Some dude comes in. He's just gotten off a plane by the looks of it. Sits down. Orders a beer. Takes a phone call before the beer's even got to him. And just, you know, context clues from the way the guy's responding. Whoever is there to, like, pick him up has arrived. And he's like, oh, I didn't think you'd be here this early. He's like, I'll be out in 15 to 20 minutes. I'm like, yeah, that's reasonable. It's kind of a walk. And so this dude's beer shows up. And I'm expecting him to kind of down this thing. Nope. My man just sits there, enjoys his beverage, (laughs) slowly and casually drinks his beer, Pays his tab and then casually walks away. My man was in no hurry to go meet up with whoever was picking him up. It was incredible. So after that happens, we get delayed to, you know, 10.07. And then I guess delayed till 10.37. So at this point, the Chili's is closing. They're like, well, we're closing. So you got to go get on your plane anyway. You might as well go. So we get over to the gate at the gate. At this point, I'm like, what's going on? I go up, and I'm like, what's happening? Like, this plane coming in, it's yours. As soon as it lands, we're going to deplane them. We're going to quick do the, you know, the cleaning crap that we have to do now, and then you're going. So I'm like, all right, whatever. At least I'm going to get home tonight. So everybody comes off the plane, and about the second the door closes, there's notifications. Like, everybody, you can just hear the groan. Everybody got the notification. The flight got delayed till the next morning. At that point... The gate people don't even know what's going on. Like, they're behind because we've got the notifications in front of them. So they finally figure it out. They're like, oh, yeah, you'll get, you know, vouchers for hotels. And you can, you know, we'll cover the hotel. So I pull up these vouchers. All these hotels are like 10 to 15 miles away. It's going to take you like 30 minutes to get to them. Half of them are absolute shitholes. Just an absolute disaster. So we get to a hotel, get some sleep. Come back the next day, round two, 9.30 is supposed to be departure time. So I get there, you know, two hours early. I'm thinking, you know, big Detroit airport. I get right through, TSA pre-check is a breeze. All those peasants, just if you're, if you're a person that does this, I feel bad for you. All those peasants just going through the regular security line, that sucks. Also, they have like all these like, please stay six feet apart signs, like all over the airport. I mean, that's rich. Like, you're about to stuff yourself into a giant metal tube and just go flying through the air, all uh, breathing the same air. But, yeah, let's make sure we stay six feet apart in the security line. What a joke. So, we show up. 9.30 comes. You want to guess what happened? We didn't leave. No, no nothing. 9.30, no no crew still. So, like, at 10, the flight gets moved to 10. About 10, there's some pilots, like, floating around now. But they're still waiting on, like, flight attendants. So now we're waiting on them. They finally show up. I think they get there at, like, 1030 after their plane finally landed. And one of the pilots gets on, like, the announcing thing. It's like, hey, we're here. We're ready to go. The only problem is none of our names are on the paperwork. So by law, we're not allowed to leave the airport and fly this plane out of here. So now we have to wait for the paperwork to get finished. So then we finally get on the plane at like 11.30. It takes like another like 30 minutes before the plane takes off. 
So I finally, we finally leave. I finally get back at like 1.30 on Friday. I thought I was going to be home at 10 on Thursday. So just a wild day. Like I said, I had had some awesome travel in the past five years. And it's, I'm going to get just smoked, I think, coming up for the next couple. So, but all this happens. And as like, I think it was a Thursday evening, I started to look into this. No, it was Friday morning when I really started looking at something. I just started searching Delta and like the news, like online. Turns out the Delta pilots are protesting. They started a protest Thursday in Atlanta because they're like overworked. They're working too much overtime and all this crap. And like the overtime's not right. They're tired. Their schedules. Delta's claiming that, you know, they're, they're by law, they're totally okay. It's like, well, maybe Delta, if you didn't fire half of your fucking pilots over the stupid vax mandate, you'd have enough people to fly the fucking planes. Jesus. And they're like, oh, nope, those uh, pilots protesting did not affect any flight schedules. Yeah, okay, Delta. And me being fat doesn't affect my cardio. Kiss my ass. So all of this, all of this apparently could have been avoided. But nope, I had to spend 28 hours in the wonderful Detroit airport. Also, I noticed this. I noticed this both in Elmira and in Detroit. The cops who like sit near the security, they don't wear masks. Like just masks are not for them. They're like, fuck it. We're not doing it. You peasants can. We aren't. And not only do they just stay in their like little spot and not do it, they get up and roam around the airport not wearing them. What a wonderful life they must have. So there's my travel experience from the past week. I don't think anybody else can top that. Flyers update time. We got off to a good start this week. 2-1 win over Vegas. Two goals in the first. Hang on to win 2-1. That, at the time, was back-to-back wins. Two wins in a row. We were looking for that thing they call a winning streak. Thursday against the Panthers. I had this game on my phone as I was sitting in the airport and stuff like that. And, man, it was depressing. You know, flights are getting delayed. I'm getting delayed. And the Panthers are just ripping goals in the first. Four goals in the first. Flyers did their best. Tried to make a comeback. Put three on them in the third. Just just wasn't enough. Panthers ended up scoring two in the third. One of them was an empty netter. So that was a 6-3 loss on Thursday. It happens. Panthers are solid. Saturday. Matchup against the Hurricanes. No goals in the first. Trade some goals in the second. But again, Hurricanes get two in the third. One of them being a uh, an empty netter when we're trying to push at the end. So tough loss. But again, Hurricanes, real solid team. Real solid team. The crux of it is Sunday night. Just It's one of those losses. One of those brutal, brutal, brutal Flyers losses. 4-3 overtime loss to the Canadians. Not many teams as bad as the Flyers in the NHL. The Canadians are one of them. Like, that's a, that's, a, that's a game we can win. It's a game we can win. Traded goals the whole way. We scored. They scored. We scored. They scored. We scored. They scored. Then we go to overtime. Tied 3-3. And, of course, they score. Claude Giroux did score his 900th goal in the game, so just a, just a tough one. Four games, one and three. If nothing else, we're, we're improving the uh, the draft situation, so 
Claude Giroux's 1,000th game is uh, is coming up here. The next game is Thursday versus the Predators. That's going to be Giroux's 1,000th game. And then all signs are he's uh, he's going to get traded. Many uh, many contenders are interested. I think there's four or five teams around the league that are interested in uh, picking his picking him up for the rest of the year. So Claude Giroux's 1,000th game with the Flyers could be his last. We'll have to see. Now the fight game. Just a couple of quick pieces of news here this week. Gervonta Davis is set to fight Raleigh Romero on May 28th. That fight will be on pay-per-view. What a dog shit fight to put on pay-per-view. They're giving Raleigh Romero, I guess, his chance to fight Gervonta Davis. He had originally scheduled to fight him end of last year, but had to back out because of some allegations, but he's back in. So Gervonta Davis continues his streak of fighting tomato cans on pay-per-view and Per uh, the pay-per-view buys for his last fight with Isaac Cruz, I think that was under 25,000 buys. Nobody's interested. So uh, add me to the list of nobody being interested in that fight. If D- Davis starts fighting some real fighters, then I'll be interested. But until then, if you're going to do this, just just go away. Asking people to pay 75 bucks for that's crap. A fight that people actually did want to see. Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk, the rematch for three-fourths of the belts in the heavyweight division, seems to be off for now. Uh, Usyk is obviously in Ukraine right now and has joined one of the local protection militia type things. So he's uh, not, doesn't, all indication is he's not going to make a June fight. So Joshua will look for an interim fight in the meantime. He did name four names. Otto Wallin, Luis Ortiz, Joe Joyce, and the one that is by far the best of all those names and by far the least likely to happen, Deontay Wilder. So it would be awesome to see AJ fight Wilder. I don't care if there are no titles on the line. That's a fun fight. It's not going to happen, but we can all dream. We can all dream. I'd look for him to end up fighting Otto Wallin. I don't think Joe Joyce will pull the trigger. Luis Ortiz is, I don't know, he's old. Maybe it's Ortiz, but I would bet on Otto Wallin. Other boxing fights, uh, Jamal Charlo and Jaime Manguia had a fight fall apart due to TV broadcast rights. Uh, Charlo and the PBC wanted it to be on Showtime pay-per-view. Golden Boy and Manguia wanted it to be on DAZN in the U.S., I guess PBC said that they could do Showtime pay-per-view in the U.S., give DAZN the rights in uh, England and Mexico, but all fell apart because of that. That's a terrible fight to put on pay-per-view. Again, just don't make people buy shitty pay-per-views. That's a fight that's fine on regular DAZN or, you know, just put it on Showtime or Fox. Like, that's a good fight that would be a fun fight and could actually earn you a couple boxing fans, but they just have to fuck it up. So, Monkey is actually going to move on into a WBC eliminator against Carlos Adames with the winner slated to face Charlo. So, just more stupid shit. Um, in a fight that is going to get made, this one's going to be in the UFC because why would boxing actually make a fight that people want to get made? And the UFC does it all the time. Tony Ferguson is going to fight Michael Chandler on the UFC 274 undercard. That uh, card is headlined by Justin Gaethje and Charles Oliveira. So another good fight on there. Should be all action. 
Both of these guys are kind of make or break point. I think Ferguson's lost three in a row and Chandler's lost two. So don't know where they go with a loss. So that should be a fun fight with a lot of stakes. UFC 274, that's going to be on May 7th. So what was just going to be a, a Canelo night for me is I'm probably going to have to double TV it and get both of those things going. So May 7th, Derby Day, that's going to be a, a fun day. So that's all we have in the fight game this week. Over now to the golf tournament that would never end. The Players' Championship. The richest tournament ever held. $20 million purse, $3.6 million to the winner. Got off to a normal start on Thursday, but everybody knew weather was coming, and weather was coming. There was a huge rain delay. <clears throat> Got stopped Thursday afternoon. I don't know if they hit any shots on Friday. I was, uh, I was again, a little out of it with all my travel issues, but I don't think they hit any shots on Saturday, Friday. Saturday, though, what a bloodbath. The wind was whipping. On the restart, the first four balls on 17 found the water. I think it was five of the first eight or something like that. Just an absolute brutal day to play golf. There were some really good scores out there. Bubba Watson, Justin Thomas put together some good ones, but... That the late early wave, the PM, what would have been the PM Thursday, AM Friday wave, just got absolutely brutalized with the weather they had to go up against. They had to pretty much play all day Saturday they had to finish their first round, do their second round, and then the guys who played early on Thursday and then would have been late on Friday got to come in at the very end of Saturday as conditions kind of started to lay down a little bit and then play the majority of their round Sunday morning. And then they got the third round started Saturday, Sunday afternoon, rather. And those conditions led to better score and became a really fun golf tournament. Really, uh, really enjoyed watching Sunday. A lot of going on. Fun, fun day. I, I, after you get by the weather delay part of weather delayed tournaments, they're a lot of fun because they compress a lot of golf into a short amount of time. And it's a great time to watch. A couple of things I noticed before we get to talking about the final round, which was pretty crazy. Zach Johnson hit his ball again on a practice swing. I think this is like the third or fourth time I've seen him do it. I know he did on 15 at the Masters one year. I'm thinking of it like an envision one other. I don't know where it was, and I almost feel like it's So it's at least the third, if not the fourth time. Dude, take a step back on the practice swing. Just you don't need to be that close to the ball. Like at this point, if he should get he should have to count that as a stroke and just start playing it if he does that again. Like, he's gotten to the point where it, enough's enough, Zach Johnson. We can't have our Ryder Cup captain out there hitting the ball on a practice swing like a 40 handicap. Come on. Also, Sunday, was Harold Varner III wearing a quarter zip he bought from the merch tent? Like, did he need, like, uh, like a long sleeve something and he was cold? And he just was like, yeah, go get some out of the merch tent. Like, it had the player's logo on it and it was Nike. Like, I know Nike is, Jordan Brand is Nike, but not typical to see him wear, like, the Nike swoosh. I think he got something out of the merch tap. So, all right. On to the final round here today on Monday. I had to wait. Everything else for this podcast was pretty much ready, locked, cocked, and ready to rock. But we had to wait for this one. So, I apologize about the delay. This is what held us up. Cam Smith, my man who I picked this week in my fantasy golf. I picked Cam Smith and... And John Rahm and Cam Smith came out guns a-blazing. He uh, made a bomb on the first and then went on to birdie five of the first six. He uh, Then he came back, to, came back to Riyadh a little bit. 
Three straight bogeys, seven, eight, and nine. And then at kind of like the same time, out of nowhere, Keegan Bradley birdies four holes in a row to tie Cam at 10 under. So got kind of wild after Keegan inserted himself. And then we had just a little burst of rain show up on the 11th. Cam birdied the 11th to go to 11 under. Casey and Keegan back at 10 under. Lahiri eagles the 11th to get to 11 under. Cam gets it up and down right on from right of the green on 12 to get to 12 under. He does a little thing where he birdies 11, 12, and 13 to get him to that score under par. 13 birdies to get to 13 under. And this thing was just back and forth. These things were happening. Birdies were flying everywhere. Keegan birdies 15 and 16 to get to 12 under. So at that point, we got Cam at 13, Keegan at 12, Casey and Lahiri at 11. Then it kind of fell apart for Keegan. He missed way left on 17. He missed that ridge that would have fed it back in. Burns the first long putt, a bye into the fringe, misses the comebacker. So he three putts. Now he's back to two back. And at about that same time, Cam Smith quick hooked one on 16. And that looked like one of my shots. The problem is I don't usually make par afterwards. He knocked it out. Knocked it on the green in regulation. That shot on 16 into the green that gave him, you know, 25 feet for birdie or whatever, that was an incredible shot. Really righted the momentum for him. And at pretty much at the same time, he quick hooked it into the woods on 16. Keegan blew one right on 18. And Paul Casey hit one into a pitch mark off the tee on 16. Not a divot, a pitch mark. Like, so when it hit a drive, it pitched in, it bounced out, or pitched in and bounced forward. I mean, he hit his golf ball into a spot of grass in an entire fairway the size of a golf ball. I would love to know what the odds of that were because they are ridiculously low. So Casey lays up. Cam gets on in regulation. Casey misses short. Keegan dumps his punch shot on 18 into the water. That was that was really big. I think it lost him making double on 18, lost him somewhere in the range of $800,000, I believe. Yeah, uh no, sorry, about 700,000. His projected payday before he before 18 was 1.5 million and his projected payday after he played 18 was 820,000. So, a big mistake there. Meanwhile, all this is happening, and they went double tees today. So Dustin Johnson is out on the other side of the course. He holds one out on 18 for Eagle to shoot 63 and tie the course record. He moved up God knows how many spots and probably made himself five dollars $600,000 on the day by doing that. So just, uh, just a wild kind of set of events. So And then on 17, Cam Smith, with balls the size of watermelons, hits his shot to the right of the pin. Right as I was sitting down, he was doing his interview, and I think he said he was aiming for the bunker and kind of shoved it a little bit. But my God, to hit one right of the pin, that's that's something else. He buries that. He has, at that point, a three-shot lead. And then he gets to 18. He's got the quick hooks in his mind. You know that because he blocks his tee ball way right on 18. And then about as that happens, Lahiri mics a birdie pot on 17 to get to within two, just a few seconds after that. And then Cam 
punches one into the water, just like Keegan. The only problem with Cam is he should have just been thinking five the whole time anyway. Like, what were you doing? Just punch it out. If you can advance it like 20 yards and give yourself a shorter club in, knock it on, give yourself a putt per par, make five and get the fuck out of there and take $3.6 million. He was like blasting it way up there. I mean, he ends up knocking his fourth shot to a couple feet and making it and coming away with the win anyway. But what are you doing? Like he knocked it up to 57 yards is where he had it from his drop. So you didn't need to get it all the way up there. He just made life way more stressful. Lahiri striped it down 18. He hit one, you know, on 18, just short right. Just couldn't quite get himself to swing it in there. Water left, and you're looking at $2.4 million, which is more than he's made in any of his 10 years on tour. So I can't really blame the guy for leaving one hanging. Almost chipped it in. He gave it a hell of a run on the chip. So a good performance from Lahiri. I think I heard them say that, it's been a long time since someone has shot sub-70 on Sunday in the final group with the players. So there were some moments where it got a little squirrely for him out there. I think eight, and he bounced right back. But Cam Smith, picked by yours truly this week in fantasy golf, goes home with $3.6 million. He goes 69, 71, 69, 66 on Monday, Monday in the final round. His final round, he made four pars, four bogeys, and ten birdies. Just an absolutely wild round from your winner, Cam Smith. Now, time for my passing thoughts. Now, no WWE segment today, so just want to throw this one in here with the passing thoughts. Stone Cold has accepted KO's WrestleMania Challenge. So Stone Cold Steve Austin it's going to be at WrestleMania this year. Consider me pumped for that. I'm going to mark out as soon as that glass breaks. I'm all in. Love Stone Cold. Can't wait to see what they have him do. Now, I don't know if anybody saw this. Lincoln Riley got a new house. Holy shit. 13,000 square feet. Seven, bathroom, seven bedrooms. 12 bathrooms. Five car garage. An elevator. Seven fireplaces. Why you need that many fireplaces in L.A., I'm not really sure. A movie theater, a tennis court, a putting green, a sauna, a steam room, a 600-bottle wine room, and a guest house, and it overlooks the ocean. You get all that for the small, small price of $17 million. So if you guys haven't seen that, look that up. That's pretty wild. I saw a video of a dude in Florida catching an alligator in his trash can. And then, like, rolling it down to, like, a little pond right in the development. Wow. That was a sight. Florida people are just built different. Just totally wild. Daylight savings time happened. And I'm not... I, I don't get... I don't get the hate for daylight savings time. Yeah, it, it kind of sucks, like, changing the clock. But, like, after one day, your sleep schedule's back. And I like it being light later into the day. And I know it stays dark for a little bit longer in the morning, but like that catches up with itself. But then in the winter when we switch back, again, it sucks that it starts getting dark at night, but like you don't want it to be dark until 8 a.m. I think we're on the right track here, guys, and having and switching back and making 
kind of making the, the right adjustments. We're making some halftime adjustments throughout the year to get the right game plan. So I don't get the hate for daylight savings time. Ooh, ooh, we made some homemade KFC bowls this past week for dinner. Mashed potatoes, chicken tenders cut up, corn, gravy, cheese. Oh, so good. So good. The actual KFC ones are pretty good, but homemade, I think, are even better. So uh, I, I learned this. learned this in my layover in Detroit. Detroit is further east than Atlanta. That one got me a little bit. That one got in my mind, and I, I didn't quite understand. It really, it really broke me down. So just think about it. Look it up on a map. Detroit, further east than Atlanta. I never would have believed it without looking it up. I saw our boy Juicy Smole got uh, got sentenced. I think he got like 150 days or whatever. But my favorite part of that was him at the end screaming that he's not suicidal. Like he thinks they're going to Epstein him. It's like, bro, I don't think, I don't think you're that important. I love the hustle that you're getting out ahead of it though. You're letting them know you're not suicidal. Nobody's doing anything to me without me putting them on blast first. But I don't think you're that big a deal. I don't think they're going to go after you like they went after Epstein. Hey, maybe Juicy's got all the secrets, though. Maybe maybe he knows. But I don't think so. I also saw Naomi Osaka wanted to kick somebody out of a tennis event because they yelled, you suck at her. And I think the headline said she was crying. Like, because someone said you suck? I mean, come on. Be better than that. Like, you suck? That doesn't, that's the worst thing that can get said to you? Like, hey, man, if they were screaming something, you know, racially charged and you want to get them kicked out, I get it. I get it. But you suck? How about don't be a pussy? Like, you suck. That's all they got to do. So, so there's that. Also, I saw a tweet that said there are Coke rankings because apparently somebody said to this guy, all Coke tastes the same. And his response was, nah, homie, let me educate you. And I'm really behind these rankings. I think they're pretty much right. Actually, I think they are right. One, McDonald's Coke. Two, Fountain Coke. Three, canned Coke. Four, glass Coke. Five, bottled Coke. The only thing I think you could argue is maybe flipping three and four. Bottled Coke, definitely the worst. Canned and glassed, definitely not as good as Fountain Cokes. And whatever happens at McDonald's, the McDonald's Fountain Cokes are on a whole different level. They're the hangover cure of all hangover cures. When you're just... Getting a, a, a snack wrap. I don't even think they have snack wraps. Anyway. A McChicken, a Big Mac, that Fountain Coke from McDonald's, it just slaps. And it just slaps a little different than all other Fountain Cokes. And Fountain Cokes, in general, are a pretty great hangover cure, I think. But that McDonald's one, man, that's just on another level. And I've always kind of thought it in my head. I've never, like, fleshed it out. But as soon as I read that, I was like, yup. I've never agreed with anything more in my entire life. Never at all. So, McDonald's, Fountain Coke, the best Coke of all. Next is Fountain Coke. 
I like canned better than glassed, then glassed, then bottled. Definitive list. No arguments can be made. Went out to, to lunch with the, with the in-laws on Saturday, and we, we went to a, a bar here in the fine state of Wisconsin, and we stumbled into a meat raffle. And I don't know if the rest of the country has meat raffles, but meat raffles are one of my favorite things. It is, it's just what it sounds like. You go to a bar, and they raffle off meat. Somebody walks around, and they all have these paddles. Like Some of them use like just slots of wood. Others use like paint-stirring paddles. But you usually buy a paddle, whether it's five bucks, three bucks, two bucks, depends on the place. And then you, they start auctioning off meat. Some of them have a cash option, like first, so I, I was in both. I entered the cash option, and then I got in the meat raffle. Unfortunately, I did not win anything by the time we needed to leave. But man, I, I never knew of meat raffles until I got out here. And they're usually like, this is a nicer bar, but it's, it's usually a lot in like dive bars. They'll have them on like Sunday afternoons, just go in there, crush a couple bush light cans and, and have the meat raffle. Really just an incredible, incredible scene going to meat raffles. So if you ever have the chance, find yourself a meat raffle, attend it, buy in. Most likely where you go, you're going to be the only person in there that doesn't know everybody else by their first name. And they're going to look at you side eye when you walk in. But I love it. I love a good dive bar, and I love a good meat raffle. And okay, this is what I'm leaving you guys on today. My last passing thought, it's something I saw, and it's been just eating away at my brain. In the world, are there more wheels or doors? More wheels, or are there more doors? Cabinet doors? Doors to apartment buildings in New York City high-rises. Doors in your house. Doors in your car. What about wheels? Shopping carts. Matchbox cars. Bikes. Lawnmowers. Cabinet wheels. Think about it, people. Wheels and doors. Doors and wheels. They're everywhere. What are there more of? It's, it's eight at me. For, for all week. I saw it early in the week. I had a friend who used to work at a plant that made doors. They made 40,000 doors a day. 40,000. I'm sitting in a chair with four wheels, five wheels, six, six wheels. Six wheels on this chair. It's not the only chair with a lot of wheels. Wheels and doors. Doors and wheels. I don't know. Think it over. Let me know what you guys think. Okay, everybody, closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the world. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate everybody listening. If you made it to the end, this is our longest episode ever. I think this is going to clock in at about an hour and a half. I know in our, our first, uh, the first intro episode ever, I said, I don't know, 15 minutes to 30 minutes. And then I popped out a uh, 45-minute one. And I've stayed north of that kind of 40, 45-minute mark ever since. And now I've got an hour and a half episodes. So thank you guys. I'm just kind of doing this on the fly. I'm learning along the way. So thanks for sticking with me. Special thanks to, to Bucky Appley and Zach Place. They got cut off at the end of our discussion. My Wi-Fi was in and out through that whole thing. So didn't get to really thank them. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. Hopefully everybody else enjoys that conversation about the games as much as we did. 
Again, I hope everybody's having a good time with this because I am. We'll be back next week. There's going to be NFL free agency news. There's a couple of fights this coming weekend. Some good young guns are fighting. Hopefully there's some fun fights. The Valspar will be next week. There's going to be a touch of a letdown after this week in the golf world. And, of course, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, NCAA tournament. We'll be back to recap all that. We'll let you know how our, our picks for the weekend turned out. I don't think we may. Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. Don't don't bank on it. But if there happens to be a podcast pop out to go over those, it's a small, small possibility. But, again, I doubt it. But we'll have new picks for you on Monday for the following weekend, and we'll wrap up everything that happened the weekend before. So thank you, everybody, so much. We'll see you next week. This was episode number 10. 10! That's a 10! Thank you, guys. Peace!